I have a serious question for you. Why is the world of wellness so serious? It's all about discipline, willpower, all work and no play. And to be honest, the focus seems to be much more on how we look than how we feel. These impossible standards can feel like a full-time job, but it doesn't have to. Welcome to Part-Time Wellness, the podcast where we redefine wellness and create health habits that enhance our life, not overtake it. I'm Chelsea Eithoven, a wellness coach for women with ADHD, late diagnosed ADHD or myself, and your biggest cheerleader. I believe that you can have it all. You can experience a life of fulfillment, joy, and play, along with thriving health and wellness. You can have your cake and eat it too. Why else would you make a cake? ADHDers deserve to experience the feeling of thriving, not just surviving. So together we'll explore the world of wellness and life in general with ADHD. Don't forget to subscribe and let's dive in. We've got a lot to chat about. Hello guys, welcome back to the Part-Time Wellness Podcast, or welcome if it's your first time. I'm Chelsea, your host, a wellness educator for adults with ADHD, and I'm having a really freaking good day. I just want to tell you guys a little bit about my day. How How is your day? I hope your day is going really well. <laughs> Today, it is Friday. I just went to a yin yoga class, and then I ate in a little park. There's like a little park area where I do yoga and I ate my lunch in a park. It was so peaceful. And earlier this morning, I let out some pups. I've been doing Rover a few months ago. My sweet, beautiful dog, Corey, passed away and she's now an angel pup. And I've just been missing time with animals like that. So I started doing Rover and walking dogs and boarding dogs and going and letting dogs out. And it has been so much fun and so fulfilling. It's I just freaking love it. So I've let out some pups and got to hang out with some animals. I worked at a coffee shop. It's just been a good day and it's only like one o'clock. So I'm in a really good mood. I just want to share with you the joys of my day. <laughs> so anyways, today we're going to be talking about the 12-week year. And does the 12-week year work for ADHDers? We're going to discuss. If you're like, I don't even know what the 12-week year is, uh, don't worry, we're going to get into that. <laughs> it's I've been doing the 12-week year. I'm on week five of the 12-week year, and it has been so enjoyable. Actually, I'm coming to the end of week five. I guess that means I'm going into week six. I'm almost halfway through. That's freaking crazy. That is so crazy. It has gone by so fast. I didn't think about that. Um, we're only halfway through. But anyways, first, let's get into a few housekeeping items. So first, we'll do the hyper-focus of the week. If this is your first time listening, the hyper-focus of the week is basically just a little play on words, right? It's like a late, my latest obsession, something I've been really loving, and I just like to share it with you guys. So this week, it's actually another podcast. Uh, and the podcast is, I can't even remember the name of it. I think it's Essential Teachings by Eckhart Tolle. I will tag it down below. But what it basically does is the first 10 episodes go through Eckhart Tolle's book, a New Earth. And I have that book, but I haven't read it yet. I've just like, 
you know, leafed through it. And I've been thinking about reading it for a while. I've had several of Eckhart Tolle books, but I've never actually gotten into them. It's just kind of funny, you know? It's the kind of thing I think you might need to be ready for. But a friend in a little group that I've been doing a uh, – I've been doing a little group on Monday nights for A Course in Miracles, another thing that I have been thinking about for a really long time and wasn't sure if I wanted to do it or not. If you're unfamiliar with all this, you're probably like, what are you talking about? Who are these people? What are these things? It's like A Course in Miracles and Eckhart Tolle kind of dive into spiritual concepts. And a lot of them are very similar about releasing the ego and that kind of good stuff. So, (laughs) ow, I just punched myself in the jaw. What the heck? That's like when ADHD fidgeting goes wrong. (laughs) So anyways, this podcast is just so good. If you've been interested in reading A New Earth or getting into Eckhart Tolle or just want to kind of like dip your toe into spiritual concepts that aren't based on religion, this could be a cool place to start. And so I'll link the podcast below. If you scroll back to the beginning, him and Oprah kind of go through and discuss the book. And oh, it's just really good. And it's just things that I'm like, really have needed to hear at this point in my life. And it's just been opening my eyes to so many different things. It's been changing the way that I behave. It's been so, so good. So good. I love it. So I'll link that down below. I'm not going to get too in detail because it's my hyper-focus, so I could literally do a whole episode on it. And I don't want to just talk your ear off for 15 minutes in the beginning. Although you guys tell me you do like that. You, <laughs> you like the rambling and the fast talking, which is why I love you guys. So, okay, that's our first housekeeping item. Okay, guys, so I want to talk about the giveaway. So if you haven't been around, I was doing a giveaway. This giveaway is closed now, but I'm actually going to be giving away another free book, so listen up. So I was doing a giveaway for the book Play DHD, and the way you would have entered that giveaway is within the past few weeks leaving a rating and review on the podcast, and I selected one person at random to win the book Play DHD, which is so good, by the way. Oh my gosh, it's just amazing. But the winner of the giveaway, drum roll please, is Paige126. Paige, thank you so much for your rating and review. Paige said that the podcast is so fun and fast-paced. And she said, I love how fast-paced and conversational the podcast is. I'm able to pay attention and feel engaged. Love that so much because that is so important in a podcast. Those are the podcasts I listen to is ones that feel fast-paced and engaged. So thank you so much. Message me on Instagram page and I will send you your copy of the book, Play DHD. And I wanted to talk about the next giveaway. So since we're talking about the 12-week year, some of you guys might listen to this episode and be interested in purchasing a copy of the 12-week year. So I thought it would only fit to give away a copy of the 12-week year. So if you would like to enter to win a copy of the 12-week year that I will send you for free, all you have to do is leave a five-star rating and review You can leave any star rating, you know, five stars preferred, but (laughs) you can leave whatever you feel truly reflects your opinion (laughs) and leave a rating and review between now and November 11th, 2022 on the podcast. Actually, I will be announcing the winner on the November 11th episode. So if you get your review in by November 9th, between now and November 9th, 2022, and you will be entered to win a copy of the 12 week year. 
By the way, just a big, huge thank you and shout out to everybody who has left a rating and review in general. I genuinely feel like I feel closest to my podcast listeners, which when I started a podcast, I did not expect that. So far more than TikTok or anything like that, because you guys, when you leave these ratings and reviews, they mean so much. They're just, there's a different connection. When you get to listen to somebody on a podcast, it's so different than watching them on TikTok or something like that. So you guys message me and you feel like you know me. And I love that so much because then I get to know you and it's just such a fulfilling thing to do. So whenever you message me and say, Hey, and that you're a listener or tell me something that resonated with you, or we start a conversation or you leave a rating and review, it means the world to me. And I appreciate you guys so much. So thank you. All right, now let's go into our sponsor of the podcast this week. So this episode of the podcast is sponsored by the Part-Time Wellness Patreon. (laughs) I decided that I was going to start sponsoring the podcast by various things. So today it's going to be sponsored by the Patreon. So if you would like to support the podcast, you can join the Patreon. And the Patreon has ADHD-friendly audio mini courses that will teach you how to improve your wellness in a sustainable and realistic way. So I drop new audio mini courses every single month on the Patreon. And A couple that are up already just to get like a taste of what's on there. Already we have how to form a habit with ADHD, a mini course on how to motivate your ADHD brain, and one on simple nutrition with ADHD and where I go in detail over the plate method which is my approach to eating that strikes a really nice balance between intuitive eating and intentional eating. So that is what is up on the Patreon already. The next Patreon episode I drop, I'm trying to decide if I want to do an audio mini course on play or an audio mini course on rest because I just can't decide which one to do next. If you are a Patreon member and you have some input, message me and let me know. Or if you want to become a Patreon member and you have some input, let me know which one would you rather see first or up next on the Patreon. By the way, something else cool about the Patreon that I started doing is I've been creating some Notion templates to go along with the audio mini courses. And the cool thing about this is like, so you are a podcast listener. Clearly, you're here listening to a podcast. I love to listen to a podcast while I'm doing other things. And although a lot of times I might be interested in digital courses, and I also do love digital courses, but I will literally watch them while I'm up doing other things. I'll like carry my laptop with me and be listening and then kind of glance over from time to time to see if the person put an image up on the screen or whatever. So for my people who are like that and really like audio learning. I do the audio courses so that you can do them while you are doing other things. And then there's a Notion template that goes along with it so that you allot 10 or 15 minutes of time after you listen to go in and fill out the Notion template. It might have guiding journal questions. It might have um, resources for you to use so that you can actually implement whatever it is the audio mini course is talking about. And for me, I work so well learning that way. So I thought it could be like a fun thing to do for the mini course, the uh, Patreon, these audio mini courses, you learn in an audio format, and then you can kind of do something afterwards though, because if there's nothing afterwards, sometimes 
the information just falls out of my head. You know what I mean? And then I just kind of forget about it, like podcasts, so I, I might forget about it. But if I sit down and do something and connect that information to my actual life, I am much more likely to follow through. And that's kind of the point of the Patreon. Like the podcast, I tell you a lot of information and the Patreon is where I help you follow through. Uh, so yeah, thank you for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. All of my Patreon members, thank you so much for being there. I love you guys. You're the best. All right, so let's get into it. Let's talk about the 12-week year. Let's talk about will it work for ADHDers? Does it work for ADHDers? Is it an ADHD-friendly thing? So a little outline of what we're going to cover in this episode. We're going to talk about, first of all, what the heck is the 12-week year, right? Because some of you are probably like, I've never even heard of this. So we're going to talk about what is the 12-week year, and I'm also going to put in the show notes some other resources of people who are really good at explaining it and sharing. We'll talk about that. I'm also, next I'm going to talk about the cons, because I think if we're going to talk about the pros, we got to talk about the cons too. We got to get, we got to see both sides of the story, right? So we're going to talk about the cons first, then we're going to talk about the pros, and then we're going to talk about my personal experience with it and what I have seen so far. And gosh darn it, I'm all in my cozy corner, my cozy podcasting corner, and I have to go get up and get a copy of the book. It's not that big of a deal, but... It's really cozy in this corner and it's, I'm like all curled up on the floor and now I have to go get the book because I forgot to grab it. Anyways, I do this like 500 times when I'm podcasting. I'll stand up and go get my slippers. I'll stand up and go get my water. I'll stand up and go get the book because I just can't remember everything. Okay, I've got the book. I'm back in my little cozy corner, all tucked in here. So let's get into it. First of all, what is the 12-week year? Well, you heard me talk about it earlier. It is obviously a book, right? Which, don't forget, I'm giving away a copy of it. So if you want a copy of it after hearing this episode, leave a rating and review and you could get a free copy. But the 12-week year is, it's essentially a new way of thinking about time in relation to goals that we have, things we want to achieve, so if we think about the typical way that we set goals, we'll typically set like a year-long goal. We are all really accustomed to at the beginning of the year saying, this is what I want to accomplish this year. 2022 is going to be my year, you know? And then everybody said that on 2020 and everybody laughed because I don't think it was much of anybody's year. But so we think about these long-term goals, right? And we have like, oh, it's this us ADHDers especially, we get so much dopamine from the process of setting goals, but a lot of time we don't really go farther than that and we don't put a whole lot of thought into how we're going to achieve the goals, right? We think we know what to do and we don't really have any good system to do it. Now, the 12-week year is just that. It is a system to take things like our goals from an idea or a concept or a goal into implementation. Hello, like to me, just saying that this it's made for ADHDers, right? Because we love writing down our goals in a notebook on January 1st, but how often does it actually pan out? I know for me, um, it wasn't until I started really setting some systems for myself and looking at things in a different way that I started actually achieving my New Year's goals. I think it was last year that I recorded a podcast episode, perhaps it 
might have been the year before. I don't know. Whenever I was first diagnosed with ADHD, when was that? Yeah, I think beginning of 2021. I was, was I? I don't remember now. I'm confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The beginning of 2021, I was first diagnosed with ADHD. It was the first year that I actually achieved some of my New Year's resolutions because I started learning how to function like a normal human, you know? And the 12-week year for me is closing that gap even more and helping me with effective implementation on things that I actually want to achieve. And as I'm sitting here saying this, I'm literally having a moment of like, who is she? Who is this? This does not sound like me at all, which is just wild. Like, gosh, there is nothing like getting an diagnosis for ADHD, starting to understand your brain, treat your ADHD, and give yourself the things that you need to function well. I can't overestimate the effect that that has on the life of an adult, or at least on me. Gosh, just incredible, incredible stuff. So anyways, <laughs> of course, got off track. So the 12-week year closes the gap between ideas and goals that we've written down and helps us actually put them into practice, actually implement them. So how does it do this? So the 12-week year redefines what a year is. So as you can, you know, probably guess, right? 12-week year. We throw away the entire idea of a year being 12 months. So we also don't just, like what a lot of people do is they'll still think of things in an annual way and think of it as a year, but then we'll break it up into quarters, right? Which is actually what I used to do. But that still is giving us an illusion that we have a year to get done what we need to get done. Now, the problem with this with ADHD of the way we traditionally set goals is because we are time blind. Oh my gosh, we, for me personally, I don't feel like I have to do anything towards my goals. Really, I'm like, I still have time up until like December 15th. And I'm then I'm like, shit, where'd the year go? <laughs> I didn't even notice it passing. So instead of setting yearly goals, we shrink it down to 12 weeks. And we think of a year as 12 weeks. And the idea is, and their big slogan is, quote unquote, to accomplish more in 12 weeks than others do in 12 months, which is like, that's a badass tagline. I really love it. But honestly, for me as an adhd -er, I might say that for me, it's more like, quote unquote, I can accomplish the same amount in 12 weeks as a neurotypical accomplishes in 12 weeks. <laughs> Because truly, it's just helping me function like a normal human. So the 12-week year, you're going to be setting goals as though you were setting goals for a new year, right? And you're going to, I, I guess some people like to set the same goals that they would for a year. I was not even thinking about goals in this type of measurable way before, really. I've been using it mostly for work type of things, for business growth and whatnot. So I just wasn't thinking about it. I didn't have any really good structure, you know, like you guys obviously know I have some structures regarding my wellness, but I didn't have many structures regarding my business. And so that's what I've been kind of using this for. Although you could use it for wellness, that's which we'll talk about in a little bit. You're setting goals for 12 weeks from now. And then in the book, they really help you set out, okay, we're going to break this into months. We're going to break up the tasks that you have to do. And it helps give you a little system. So if you are really, really interested in this, I'm also linking in the show notes a creator who she's been my go-to 
to kind of stay motivated with the 12-week year, like just kind of watching somebody else go through it and watching them set their goals and watching them hit their goals and like watching somebody else, you know, she she's just awesome. So her name is Montel B. Uh, I've been watching her YouTube videos. I just pop them on in the mornings, especially when I was just starting, even though I've read the book, like listening to her talk about it again and in different ways and sharing her experience just solidified the ideas in my head a little more. So Montel B is amazing. Also go to her YouTube because she made a Notion template. So if you are a Notion person and you enjoy Notion as much as I do, because I feel like I talk about it every episode because I do, if <laughs> she has made a 12-week year Notion template. So I used that and I use it every week and I use the little checklist she made and she goes through on her YouTube how she uses it and shows it and all that good stuff. She is amazing at just, just keeping you hyped for the 12-week year. So definitely go subscribe to her if you are interested in doing this and wanting to commit. Okay, so that's what the 12-week year is. Let's talk about the cons first, okay? And, you know, I'm going to be like a very positive patty here because every con, I, I am going to like um, a little bit hype it up after that because, spoiler alert, I really freaking like the 12-week year. I think it's awesome. But there are some cons to it, and I think we would be silly to ignore that, and especially when it comes to like ADHD friendliness. So what are the cons of the 12-week year? Well, let's start with the the book itself, the read, the 12-week year, like reading the actual book. Um, it's, it's pretty dry, you know? It's not the most ADHD-friendly book I've ever read by a long shot. It's It can be boring, especially if you're not really interested in self-development type of things. Um, if you're just wanting to like implement it and you're like, uh, but I got to read the book to understand all the concepts, which by the way, I tried to start a 12-week year before I read the book and knew all the concepts and really understood it. And I fell it off after a couple weeks because I didn't understand all the concepts, you know? So I think having the book is super, super, super important. The book is in my Amazon storefront, so I'll link that below as well if you want to get your own copy or you can get a free copy. Just maybe you want to maybe you want to wait and see if you um, win the freebie first and then and then you can come back if you if you don't win. I hope you win though. <laughs> so, but I do want to give you a couple things. Number one, it's a pretty short book. So even though it's dry, don't be too discouraged because it it's a pretty quick read compared to a lot of books. And I want to share with you a little tip that I shared my friend Kim Hamilton on Instagram. I'll tag her below. She shared this with me and I've shared it in another podcast, but this helped me get through this book is I have a physical copy of the book and then I looked up the audio book. So an audio version of the book. I got mine on Audible, but in hindsight, I probably could have just on YouTube. YouTube has a lot of free audiobooks. So you might even just be able to type it on YouTube, 12 week year audiobook and listen to it. But listening to the book while you are reading it simultaneously is really helpful because I will turn up the speed a little bit on the reading. Like I think I like to listen to it at 1.3 speed, which by the way, did you know you can do that in your podcasts? My mother-in-law accidentally sped. <laughs> She listens to my podcast, so maybe she'll hear this, but it was the funniest thing ever. She was like, I like your podcast, but it's uh, it's so fast. You talk so fast, I can hardly understand what you were saying. And she's like, it's so weird because then another podcast that I listened to, they also started talking really fast. And I was like, let me see your phone. And she had it turned up to like, I don't even know what the speed was, but it sounded like this. It was like, I hope she doesn't mind me saying that. 
I hope she doesn't mind. Oh, anyways, I love you so much, Susan. You're the best. Um, okay, but I was all that to say, you can speed up the podcast if you want to. Did you even know that? And you can do that on YouTube and you can do that on all my digital courses and on Patreon because I had to make sure you can do that because I know you guys liked listening to stuff fast like me. So listening to the book and reading the physical book at the same time is super helpful or you could just do the audiobook if you're just a listener, you know, if you just like to listen. I do like the physical copy though because there's little spaces you can fill out your information. You can brainstorm things. I enjoy having that physical copy and I do think it's pretty important to have that. So that's con number one, that it's a little bit dry, not super ADHD friendly. Number two is that it does state that the 12-week year is supposed to be done as is no changes at all, which can be kind of hard for us ADHDers. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have accommodations for us. There's no really changing it. You're not supposed to change it, which now that I'm doing it, I understand the why behind that. Because I do think if I would have taken out some of the things that I wasn't super excited about, it wouldn't have as much value for me. And that's you know, I don't th- think that about a whole lot of things, right? I think a lot of things can be adjusted and have the same value. But with the 12-week year, I think the way that it is set up is really helpful, especially for us ADHDers that aren't used to doing things this way. And I just told myself, you know, for, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it for these 12 weeks. I'm going to do it as written, exactly what they say. And I'm going to see what happens. It's just 12 weeks, right? You, what, what's there to lose? And I have not regretted it one bit. And another positive about that though, is the cool thing is about it is that you are setting your own goals. So you're going to be setting what your goals are, you're going to be setting what you're going to do to reach your goals. So I would definitely encourage you to make sure that you are taking your ADHD in account while you're setting these goals, that you are setting realistic goals goals. So for example, one of my goals was to create value on a consistent basis in my business, right? And just that's it. That's it. Create consistent value. So instead of saying, I'm going to post, I'm going to do a podcast every week and a YouTube every week, and I'm going to post every single day, seven days a week on social media, right? That is what my all or nothing perfectionist brain really wants to say I'm going to do because I know more is better. More is more when it comes to social media and Instagram and all this stuff, you know, it's technology. So it's like, whatever. But, but if I think about my actual ADHD ass, do I, do I want to burn myself out? No, I don't. Do I think that making the jump from what I'm doing now to trying to be perfect would be way too big of a jump and would likely burn me out? Yeah. So instead, I made my next step a baby step. So I'm pretty consistently posting like three days a week. I moved that up to five days a week, right, on social media. So not a huge jump, but still giving me some wiggle room, you know. And then instead of being like, I'm going to post a podcast every week and a YouTube every week, I'm doing it every other week. So for a while now, I have been posting a podcast every other week, and that's been in preparation for me being more consistent on YouTube. And so now I'm starting to do a podcast every other week and a YouTube every other week. Do you see how these are just like baby steps? So even though you're supposed to do the book exactly as is, I want, if you do do this, make sure that you're setting really realistic goals, you know? Con number 
three. Obviously, it, and this kind of goes along with number two, but obviously it doesn't account for the differences for the ADHD brain because it's not a book that's made for ADHDers, you know? Like, that's just how life is. Everything's not going to be accommodated perfectly to us. We've got to know what we need and edit things accordingly. So mainly it's that, like, this book kind of the way it talks a little bit about motivation, you know, expects you to set your commitments and just do them whether you feel like it or not. I personally am at the point in my life, like I feel like that hasn't been an issue for me because regardless of the fact that they don't accommodate for the ADHD brain or whatever, I myself already have a really good foundation and basis of how to motivate myself with ADHD, how to make tasks super enjoyable and kind of encourage myself to get started on tasks if I'm not feeling like it. And I really kind of know how to work with my brain in co-creation now. Um, You know, like with my ADHD brain, I know how to work with it to help myself get done the things that I want to get done, but also knowing that I'm not going to be perfect, I'm not going to be neurotypical and setting the right expectations. By the way, if you want to be somebody who's able to do that, check out the Patreon if you want to be able to do this too, because the mini course, How to Motivate Yourself with ADHD, you'll learn the spoonful of sugar method. And that is how I've gotten to this point, is helping myself learn how to enjoy tasks. But that's another story. You know, it doesn't account for the differences in the ADHD brain, but if you know enough about your ADHD brain and have learned little workarounds, then you can still get a lot of value out of this book, right? Next con is kind of a fake out. I'm not going to lie. It's not actually a con because it's actually kind of a pro, but it was definitely a con for me in the beginning. And that is keeping score. Uh, You're supposed to, and you do in this book, keep score and you make a little scorecard for yourself and kind of like a habit tracker almost and you check off whether you did what you said what you were going to do. And I'm not going to lie, I was scared to keep a scorecard. I was scared to keep score, right? The authors say that you have to keep track of whether you followed through or not. And I was like, I don't don't know if I want to do that, you know, because I was scared because we none of us like to look in the face when we failed something or we avoided something, you know, but it's valuable information. And the cool thing about that too is like, that's a lot of what we talk about in the digital courses I create is, you know, learning from your mistakes and getting used to looking your mistakes in the eye rather than being avoidant of them. So I do like that. And this took it to the next level for me. It helped me really like in an area that I've been very open about struggling with is, you know, being an entrepreneur with ADHD is, is pretty chaotic, you know? And so (laughs) I've been very open about that and keeping score was scary, but I'm so happy I did because it is making a big difference in the way that I understand how it impacts my results and I can see what's actually impacting my results. I had no valuable way of measuring what I do and how that impacts my results. I just was kind of throwing shit in the wind and seeing what happened. So being able to actually see what's making a difference for me has been so huge. Okay, and the last potential con is that this has the potential for hyper-focus, okay? And for you to, like, they'll prompt you to set three goals at most. And 
my thoughts is with us ADHDers, or I guess I'll only speak for myself, I in the past have a really bad habit of, and I know other ADHDers go this way too, but like when I have one thing in mind that I want to focus on, I get so hyper-focused that I abandon all the other areas of my life. Like, for example, if your goals are related to work, you all three of your goals are related to work, you may find yourself going hard on it and being so hyper-focused on it. And then you find yourself feeling really out of touch with all of your relationships and you haven't responded to a single text in a month or you've let your wellness fall to the wayside and you really haven't thought about any kind of meal planning, which means you're just scrounging for random stuff in your pantry, which is just so annoying and stressful to do at every single meal, you know? So it does have the potential for hyper-focus just the way that it's written and the way that they kind of teach it. So it, it could be something where you get into this all or nothing pattern. Again, my suggestion though with this, if you are going to try this, is to taper back your goals if you think this might happen to you. So like either just choose one goal to focus on for the 12-week year, or if you have a goal that's kind of like small, you know, maybe like maybe you have two goals that are bigger goals and then one that's a little bit smaller. That's kind of what I did. So I'll share what my goals are when I talk about my experience in a little bit. But I have one that's like a really small goal. Like literally, it takes me an hour a week. That goal is an hour a week. And that's absolutely it. That's all the time I have to focus on it. So that one's small enough that I don't feel overwhelmed that I've planned so much that I can't focus on the other areas of my life. On the contrary, it's actually helped me be able to focus on areas of my life because I know when I'm done and I've hit my 12-week year things and I've done them that I'm done for the week, you know, which is really cool. Just keep that in mind because, you know, or you could even set one of your goals if you have an idea of what you think might fall to the wayside. So if you're like, okay, I really want to focus on if you're an entrepreneur building my business, but I might end up really falling off track with my wellness, maybe set a goal that has to do with that, like maintain my wellness, right? This is such, I say wellness because it's such a biggie for us ADHDers. Like the, our wellness is our foundation. I found that I personally need to take care of my physical body, my physical vessel, and this silly little brain that's inside it if I want to stand a chance at being able to execute any of these things, you know? So that's why wellness is so important to me because when I'm not focusing on it, everything crumbles. Which means, by the way, when I wasn't focusing on it when I was younger, like in my 20s and stuff, yeah, my life was crumbling all the time. What of it? Okay, those are all the cons. So let's get into the pros. This is the good stuff, you guys, because I'm not going to lie. Like I said, I really like the 12-week year. It has been working so well for me. So let's talk about the pros. Number one pro, it introduces urgency. So this is so big, and this might be the only thing that is making the difference. Not really. There's other things, and I'll tell you what they are. But this, I think, is the biggest thing for me. So it's introducing urgency, and I want you to remember that urgency is one of the motivators of the ADHD brain. So if you are, a lot of us rely really heavily on urgency, a little bit too much, I think, but it's why we tend to be procrastinators and put things off to the last minute. And the reason for that is because the ADHD brain tends to struggle with something called time blindness. What that means is we don't have a really good sense of how time is passing, whether it be within an hour, within a day, within a year, right? So we, we don't really understand how time is passing. And really to our ADHD brains, there are 
two times. There is now and there's not now, right? And again, those year-long goals that we set, those are in the not now for a very long time. Like in the past, I would set a New Year's resolution and it wasn't that I didn't feel any sense of urgency to like get hustling on that goal until literally September or October. Isn't that crazy? Like I would realize it's September, October and I would be like, oh my God, (laughs) I set this New Year's resolution or I really wanted to like do this by the end of the year and I ain't even touched it because up until July uh, in August, I'm like, it's still summer. Like literally the year just started. Bestie, no, it did not. The year did not just start. Stop fooling yourself, you know? But our brains don't understand that. And so what the 12-week year does is it helps. it's helped me realize these goals are in the now. And it actually helps you. You literally plan out and map out things you have to get done. So for example, one of mine was to find, start, and get a big chunk finished of a yoga teacher training. And I have been thinking about this for years, you guys. But it says it helps you break down what do you need to do right? So it was like, okay, first I have to find a yoga teacher training that I'm interested in doing that's affordable that I can do online because that's those are the most affordable. And that right, right now, that's what works for me. And what I need to find one and then I need to purchase it. And then I need to order the books and then I need to get started, you know, and then whatever it is to get started, you know, and have like create the little plan for that. It will be like, okay, you you write all those down and then you set times for them. So it's like, okay, week one, I'm going to find a yoga teacher training and purchase it. Week two, I'm going to order my textbooks, right? Week three, I'm going to start with the lectures and write or whatever, you know, like you get what I'm saying. So you pace it out for yourself and you are sticking to that plan and that is like such a game changer for me rather than just having a to-do list that says like, look into yoga teacher training. Okay, bitch, I'm like never gonna do that, you know? Like I just gotta live on my to-do list for the rest of time because I am who I am, you know? But this is helping me understand time and understand that time is passing whether or not I'm doing these things or not. And it's helping me see that. And it's helping me do the things in the now. It's helping me be like, no, these goals are in the now. There's only 12 weeks. 12 weeks, like I said, six weeks has already flown by. So it goes so much quicker than we think. And that has been so helpful. But it's not aggressive urgency where it's like, I'm screaming, crying, and throwing up if I can't, you know, like, I don't know, like I was every single time I had like a college paper due and I was trying to work on it five seconds before class started and it was due. Not really, but honestly, pretty much. Like I pulled a lot of all-nighters in college because I literally would not start until the night before. Psychotic. So that's the first thing. The second pro is basically like a big overarching theme. And that is like, you guys, honestly, this is almost like a stand-in for executive functioning. That sounds so crazy, but it is literally built to help you execute your ideas. Think about executive functioning. Executive functioning, which is what we struggle with with ADHD, is that we know what to do, but we don't do it. We have trouble. Our brain has trouble executing it. Whether that means we have trouble organizing how to execute it or getting started, this helps us actually follow through with the things we want to do because it helps us plan out and organize mentally what we have to do in a really realistic way. But it also 
helps us with that urgency, which means that we are actually going to be able to execute a little bit easier if we fear a little fire under our booties, you know? I feel like I'd sound like such a kindergarten teacher there saying booties. Anyways. Um, Okay. So it's like a stand-in for executive functioning because it helps you execute your ideas. It helps with my time blindness, like I said before. Um, it helps things feel more urgent, and I'm not putting off things till tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. I'm finding myself actually doing them now because I am understanding the passing of time better, which is mind-blowing for me. There's also a piece in the book where they talk about lead and lag indicators. So what that is is Your lag indicator is what you're going to see as the result. So they talk about in the book a whole lot just because it's the easiest example. Let's say weight loss is your goal. Like you're like, I want to lose 10 pounds. They talk about a ton in the book. By the way, if that's a trigger for you, yeah, don't purchase the book because they do use that as a, a example over and over and over again. And then they use other examples like making money in business, right? So Let's say lose 10 pounds is one of the things. Actually, no, I don't want to use that one. Let's use um, your goal is to make $10,000. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to say something random. So let's say your goal is to make $10,000. Well, that is your lag indicator, right? That is if you at the end of this make $10,000, that is how you know that what you were doing before was working. Your lead indicator, which comes first, is the things that you are personally going to do to make that $10,000. So you're going to, like in the book, they talk about like, you're going to call a bunch of prospects. You're going to, you know, market. You're going to be doing those things, right? So you are tracking both your lead indicators, aka the things that you are doing, and your lag indicators, aka the results. I have actually talked about this kind of before in that it's like talking about tracking your, when we're setting goals, we want to make sure I like to set goals that are process goals, which is the actions that you're going to do instead of the outcome goals, which are like, oh, I want to make this amount of money. Well, you can't control that per se, but you can control what you're doing that you think will help you make money. Does that make sense? So you track both. And the reason for that is because then you can kind of see, is what I'm doing making a difference, right? So let's say your lead indicators are to do your marketing a certain way, whatever your lead indicators are. I don't know. I can't think of an example right now. It doesn't matter. But if you're not hitting your lag indicators, you're not making the amount of money you thought you would, well, then you can look back at your lead indicators and say, all right, there's one of two problems. Number one, the thing that I thought would make a difference isn't actually making a difference and is not actually helping me make money in that case, then you would need to change what your lead indicator is, right? Well, the other thing is you can look back and you can look back at your tracking, your scorekeeping, like I said, and say, well, is it that or is it that I'm not being consistent? Because if you're not being consistent, you're not going to know whether or not the thing works. You can't say, well, it didn't work. Well, you don't know because you weren't consistent with it, (laughs) you know? Um, And I, again, I like also too, when they talk about consistency, literally your goal is to hit 85% of what you set for yourself, right? So they don't want you to aim for perfection, which I love. Chef's kiss, you know, because we're human after all. That has been so helpful for me, the lead and lag indicators and understanding that in a different way and putting that to practice in my work goals and things that I want to have happen in my business has been so helpful. 
And then another way that this is kind of like a stand-in for executive functioning is that it gives me some light structure, right? Sometimes we do need a bit of structure, and I've talked about this before, to kind of tame our wild ADHD brains, right? Our brains are really creative. They hop all over the place, which is a fabulous trait, but that means that we do sometimes need a little bit of structure to help us like it's like the the when you go bowling and they pop up the little guardrails, you know, it, it, the structure keeps you going in the right direction. Even if the bowling ball and you're bouncing back and forth, you're still heading in the right direction versus if you have no structure, you don't have those little guardrails up, your bowling ball, you throw it. As soon as you go off track, you're in the gutter. It's over. Does that make sense? Wow, that's a really good analogy. I like that analogy. I just thought of that right now. I probably heard it before and I'm probably stealing it from somebody. So I'm sorry if I'm stealing it from somebody. Let me know who I stole it from if I did. I always think that because my memory is not good. I'm like, if I have a good idea, I'm like, I know that was somebody else's idea that I probably just like via brain osmosis, it like melded into my brain and then I thought it was my really good idea. (laughs) You know how people do that? We all do that. Another pro... Wow, I have a lot of pros. Dang. Okay, not really. I only have a couple more. So another pro is that it helps me constrain down to the needle moving tasks in my business. What the heck does that mean? If you've ever read Essentialism, which is another book that's similar to this, where it's like, it's kind of boring, but it's also really valuable. Essentialism is like, we're not going to be trying 5 million things and just throwing spaghetti at the wall. We're going to be working on what's actually making a difference and really just narrowing down our focus to like one or two things. We're not doing 5 million things, especially as ADHDers. If we're trying to achieve 5 million goals at once, it's going to explode in our face and we're going to end up like not achieving any. And that was the hardest lesson for me to learn as an ADHDer. And I know so many of you guys resist me on that and you want to think it other wise, uh, you think you can do it. All I'm saying is try it this way. Try to constrain down and see what a difference it makes and you will be a believer. I'm trying to convert you. (laughs) With the 12-week year, the authors ask you to predict what tasks will make a difference and then kind of narrow down and just focus on those tasks. I love this. And this is exactly what I teach with wellness. In the Patreon, the How to Form a Habit with ADHD, that audio mini course teaches you the one small step method, which is implementing one new habit at a time. Because I have found that that is by far the best way to create a new habit. And the 12-week year goes by those same principles and it understands that we can't change a million things at once and that it's really overwhelming to think about changing a million things at once. So instead, we just focus on one or two or a few things at once, you know? So, and it can make such a big difference to do it this way. And that's another pro of this to me is that this literally fits in so perfectly with what I teach. The one small step method could literally meld in really well with the 12-week year, and it has for me. So it's so cool to me. I really enjoy that because the way I teach the one small step method is you focus on one habit at a time, and you focus on that habit over a month-long period. So if you're doing that with the 12-week year, well, then you might, you know, let's say you are using the 12-week year to focus on wellness. Well, you could just pick three habits, three cornerstone key habits that by the end of the 12 weeks, you want to have down rock solid and be like, those are just a part of my life and I just do these and that's why I'm moving towards what I want for myself. And the three cornerstone habits you know are going to make a difference. So let's say they're movement, drinking water, and eating balanced meals. You focus on one of those a month and that's it. 
that's it, you know? And it just, it could fit in well with what I teach. And I I just love that because I actually really wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting all these good things from this book, you guys. I thought it was going to be a really boring, I thought it was going to be really like aggressive, like really discipline focused, you know? Um, I did not think I was going to like it as much as I have. And that has just been really pleasantly surprising. So I need to hurry this up. Last one, this is the last one I'm going to talk about. The last positive or pro is that I love the way they talk about accountability. And I'm actually literally just going to read it from the book a little bit because a lot of times when we're talking about accountability, we're asking somebody to punish us, right? And for ADHD years, I think a lot of us think this is the only way we can get stuff done. So let's say we want to go to the gym. We think of, and I used to think of it this way, by the way, um, we think of accountability as well, I need a friend to come meet me at the gym because otherwise I'm going to feel like a terrible person if I ditch them. In essence, that's punishing yourself. You're saying, if I don't do it, I'm going to get punished, you know, or like we do things that other people are expecting us to do because we're afraid of punishment or whatever. But they look at accountability different in this book and it really opened my eyes. I'm vibing with how they talk about accountability. So what they said is, People often talk about holding others accountable, especially in business situations. You'll say, okay, well, this is talking about like management or whatever, but whatever, it's relevant. Often you'll hear management say something like, we need to do a better job of holding people accountable. I've even heard individuals who truly desire to perform better say, I just need someone to hold me accountable, right? So that's what we hear all the time. But what they say is accountability is not consequences, but ownership, It's a character trait, a life stance, and a willingness to own your actions and results regardless of the circumstances. I love that so much. And then a little bit later on that page, it says, the very nature of accountability rests in the understanding that each and every one of us has freedom of choice. It is the freedom of choice that is the foundation of accountability. So I love that because, you know, one of my my manifestation coach that I had a few years ago who gave me so much value, Kim Kunaraksa, by, by the way. I, Kunaraksa, is that how I say Lara's name? She's awesome. I can tag her Instagram below too. She taught me one thing in one of our classes that she said that you have a choice in every single thing you do. You know, like we might think, well, I, I don't have a choice to go to work or not, you know, and, and we feel trapped and we feel like we have to. Um, and that's a really yucky feeling. But if you step back for a moment, you do have a choice. Most people, okay, wait, like let's, okay, because some of y'all will want to argue with me. You know, you you know what I mean. Like, oh, this isn't extremes. This isn't people, in, I'm not talking about like people in prison. I'm not talking about like people who are tr- like captured or trapped. Like you get what I'm saying. You know what I mean, okay? Don't argue this. <laughs> if you want to find something to argue, you will. But you know, we all have choice. You have a choice whether or not you want to go to work, even if you think you don't, because you could choose not to go to work, but you don't because you don't want the consequences. You don't want to get fired. You want to make money, whatever. But you, in the end, you do have a choice, right? And you're like, well, I don't have a choice to take care of my kids. You do. You don't want the consequences. You don't want your kids to like, you You obviously like want your kids to be taken care of and, and develop well and have a healthy relationship with them and be, have their needs met, right? So you could choose to not take care of them. And some 
that happens sometimes to some people, you know? And But in the end, for most things in our life, not, I mean, like, you know, I'm never going to say all because I, I just can't. Like, I'm not an all or nothing person. It's like, there's always, there's always an exception to everything. But for the most part, we all, we have choice. And going back to the book, said, have tos are those things we hate to do, but do anyways because we have to. The fact is there are no have tos. Everything we do in life is a choice. Even in an environment where there are requirements of you, you still have a choice, but there is a big difference when you approach something as a choose to versus a have to. Ding, ding, ding. This is like what I have been teaching for so long and I was just shooketh to find this kind of concept in this book. It made me so excited. And I just love that thought of accountability is ownership of our behavior rather than this like force driven. It's just a, it's a little mindset shift. And I'm all about those little itty bitty mindset shifts that help you see something in a new way that help you feel different about the actions that you're completing, that help you do the actions that you complete in a more enjoyable way, that help you follow through more frequently with the kind of person, the kind of behaviors that you want to do on a regular basis, the kind of person you want to be. This stuff gets me so jazzed, you guys. Like, why am I so obsessed with habits and why am I so obsessed with this stuff? I don't know, probably because I struggled with it so much for most of my life that I just want to share with you guys all the things when I learned this stuff because it's so fascinating to me. Okay, those are the pros. Um, Those are all the things that I really enjoyed about the 12-week year. As you can see, I think it is worth a shot. I think it can be made into something that is very ADHD friendly. I think it could be super helpful for us ADHDers who struggle with following through, who struggle with executive functioning, which is all of us, you know. I've found this to be so valuable. And yes, it's going to have challenges. And yes, it might push you outside of your comfort zone. And yes, it's going to force you to look at some of the places in your life that you're not following through. But it's going to force you to look at those in an honest way way. And I, I've, I'm really at this point in my life appreciating that. And it's been slow steps over time that has helped me get here, but I'm really happy that I've gotten here because it's, it's just making a really big difference in my life. So let's talk about my goals and just real quickly, I'll tell you what I have seen so far. So like I said, I'm in week five, I'm on the Friday of week five. So I'm almost done with week five. Um, I only have like a couple more things to check off to close out week five of my 12 week year. And here were my three goals. Goal number one was to, like I said, create value in my business, which means create both paid content and free content for you guys. Because if you didn't know, my business model is that 90% of what I do and spend my time on is creating free things for you guys because I value that and I think it's important and I want to share with you the knowledge that I have and give you as much for free as possible. And 10% of my energy is put towards creating paid value so that I can like eat and have a roof over my head and that kind of stuff. (laughs) So um, that's my business model. But um, I so create value in my business so that I can create value for you guys and and also like, you know, like I said, make money so I can eat and have a roof over my head and all that all that nonsense. Uh, So that's number one. Because I just was struggling with the consistency in my business and, like I said, understanding what's actually making a difference. Uh, It just kind of felt like things would happen at random and now I'm seeing the difference and it's freaking wild. So that was goal number one. Goal number two was to start my yoga teacher training and get a good chunk of it done. I didn't say I want to finish it because it's 200 hours. 
that will be a lot to do in 12 weeks for the time I have allotted for it. And number three was get my relationship with money in order because that's something that I have struggled with for a long time. Impulsive spending, feel guilt spending, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I knew it was something I, I could really use some work focusing on. By the way, would you guys be interested in an episode about money? I was kind of thinking of doing an episode all about what I have done to shift my relationship with money from somebody who is nowhere near perfect. And I'm not trying to teach you anything about money. In fact, I would say don't learn from me. I'm not the expert at that at all. You need to go to Tina Mathams, Mathams, Mathams. She talks all about money with ADHD. I can link her below too. But anyways, another story. So let's talk about how these goals are going. Okay. Creating value in my business. You guys, the results that I have gotten with this is so crazy. I'm mind blown. Okay. So I've just been more consistent with a couple things. Like I said, uh, putting out paid content, putting out this free content, and I have been more consistent with telling people about my paid content. Because if I'm, I'm going to be really honest with you right here, I'm going to be really transparent. I've always had financial ways you could support me for as long as my business has been open. You know, there's been things you could pay for if you wanted to. But I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm always scared to come across as like pushy or salesy or like, I never want you to think that I'm trying to force you into selling anything. This is so real. Like, I'm not, this isn't a business podcast. So a lot of y'all are probably like, why are you telling us this? But I'm just being honest, you know? I don't want anybody to feel like I'm pressuring them into a sale or they're being sold to. And that is... That's a little bit of an issue because like if people don't know that there's stuff to purchase, then they're not going to purchase them, you know? Like I've been scared to tell people about the things that I have that they could buy. But how silly is that? Because I don't have to be salesy or pushy. Like I, I still don't do that now that I've been, I've just been talking about my offers, you know? All I've been doing is like saying, hey, I've got a Patreon hey, I've got a digital course. If you're interested, then you can support me and, and get this awesome resource that's really going to support you, you know? And now that I've been doing it for a while and that this 12-week year has helped me talk about the things that I have to offer more, are you ready for the result? I have made five times the amount of money since I started. So from August, what I made in August to what I made in September, five times the amount. And that's crazy. And that's also very transparent for me to say, but it's like, it's just, it's crazy to me. That is a very big result, you know? Obviously, it's making a difference. And that's just crazy because I've never seen that kind of jump like that, you know? So I can see what I'm doing is working and it's just really simple stuff. So that's really freaking cool. Okay, I feel awkward telling you guys about this, but whatever. You guys still love me? Okay. All right, next goal was get a good chunk of my yoga teacher training done. Like I said, this is something I've wanted to do for years. I've been practicing yoga since I was 15. I'm 32. It was always just a pipe dream, just a one day. And I was like, this, let's take it. This is not going to be a one day thing anymore. I want to do it now. This is the time. <laughs> so I didn't even have it started. I didn't even have it picked out. It was just an idea in my head. I have selected, purchased, started my yoga teacher training, and I am chipping away at it every single week. And that's so freaking cool because this is something I've wanted to do for so long. And by the way, if you follow me on YouTube, whenever I'm allowed to actually teach classes and whatnot and I'm certified, I am going to start posting ADHD-friendly yoga on YouTube. And I'm so freaking excited. It's going to be awesome. This is like a dream of mine and a branch of my business that I've been wanting to do for so long. So I'm pumped. So excited. Oh, I'm 
so excited. So that's that goal. I've made a really big dent in that, which is just fun. It's fun to see the things that you talk about actually come into fruition. And the last one, relationship with money. Get my relationship with money in order. You guys, I never thought I would say this, but I have such a good grasp on how much I'm spending and how much I'm making. And it's insane. I've never felt that way in my entire life. I've always been very avoidant. I've always been really uncomfortable thinking about money, talking about money. It gives me, you know, gave me massive anxiety. I've been doing weekly check-ins, like a little money date. So like I said, this only takes me an hour total per week. Um, I do like a 30-minute money date where I look at all my accounts. I, I track what my income is. I track what I've spent. And it's not giving me anxiety anymore. Like, it's just so crazy to me because I felt like I was just so unaware that I was wanting to keep myself blind. And then, but then I felt guilty around money every single time I spent something because I, I didn't have an awareness of anything. So I've been doing it really step-by-step in really tiny steps. I've been doing something like I've been looking for people that are helpful for ADHD years with money. Um, I've been just really small steps at a time. I started just tracking my income and then I started tracking. And some of you guys are going to be like, you dumbass, why haven't you been doing this the whole time? And I know, I know, I know I should have been, whatever, you know, I'm like thinking that you're going to be judging me. So maybe you are, but maybe you're not. I don't know. But the other thing that I did was a no spend September. Are you effing kidding me? I never thought I would be able to do that in my life. But do you know why I did it? I didn't do it because I was trying to save money. And you're probably like, say what? I didn't do it because I was trying to save money, but I did it because I had accidentally created an automatic habit of working from home. I kind of got in the habit of like when I wanted to get out and get some stimulation, but I didn't have a workout class scheduled or anything like that. I would just go to like Goodwill and walk around or I would go to Target and walk around or wherever, a store and walk around. Well, when you're doing that, you are so much more likely to spend money. So the premise of the No Spend September was to build some different automatic habits for getting a little bit of dopamine, a little bit of stimulation in the afternoons. And it has worked. I've, instead of going out and spending, I have been, number one, doing rover walks and rover jobs, which is so fun. And I'm literally making money. How cool is that? I've been paddle boarding. I've been skateboarding. I've been going on walks. I've just been changing up what my automatic impulse is to do. Because if I'm not at the store, I'm much less likely to spend. Also because I'm a thrift store girly. So if I see something that I like, uh, well, it might not be there next time I go. So obviously I have to get it now. And I realized that that was what was like triggering it. And so I just also, I just can't believe I did a no spend September. It was awesome. And it's really made a big difference. I feel like I'm killing it. You know, I'm just gonna pat myself on the back to encourage you to pat yourself on the back because I know if I, <laughs> I just know that like, trust me, if, if, Myself a while ago would have heard me saying any of these things. I, or like even suggested that I try these things. I don't know if I would have been open to it. I had to like get to the other side to see that. Does that make sense? I don't know. Anyways, that is it for this episode because wow, it is getting really long. Um, but try the 12 week year. If you're interested, 
It's working really well. Would you guys be interested in a total recap? I'm thinking maybe I could do a total recap of the 12-week year like on my YouTube or something or if you guys want it here, I don't know. But I wouldn't want to do it that soon. But maybe I could. If you guys want it, let me know. Message me on Instagram, part-time wellness. Find me on TikTok if you want. I post there a lot more. Instagram now I'm just kind of using as like a messaging app because it's the best way to contact people. But like I'm not vibing with Instagram. Don't tell anybody. I'm like not into it right now. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird over there. It's a little weird and scary over there. And TikTok is very cool and real and I just enjoy it. Okay. Anyways, I love you guys. You're the best. I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope this was interesting and helpful for you. If it was, leave a rating review down below, especially if you want a free copy of the 12 week year because you might win a free copy. Okay, have the best day ever. I love you. Bye.